Welcome, welcome, welcome. The Night Shift Wildcat 91.9, new music now. I'm your host, Cole Carmody, alongside of me always, the one and only Ryan Volk. Ryan, what is up? You feeling sandstorm today, my friend? I'm always feeling sandstorm. Come on now. So we have a very special guest here that we'll, we'll introduce momentarily, but we got a lot to talk about tonight. And you guys know what we're talking about. Kansas State basketball came back and won a basketball game. It's a miracle. Ryan, can you believe it? No, I mean, not seriously. At not at all. What a game. So we'll get into that. We'll hear from Mike McGurl. We'll hear from Bruce Weber. Um, we're also going to change it up a little bit, too. The second half of the show, we're going to open it up. We're going to see if anybody uh, wants to call. We're going to have some call-ins with a very special guest. We'll answer some questions. Um, so we'll be doing all of that um, tonight. From 6 to 7, right here, Wildcat 91.9, The Night Shift. And, Ryan, first impressions of the game, because I just want to get off the top of your head. What was your relief, right? I mean, what are we thinking? I mean, I, all I was thinking, I was shocked because I didn't get to watch most of the game. I turned it on at the end, and we were winning. I like, was like most K-State fans, right? I no, mean, let's was, be real. It was a huge, it, it caught me off guard of, it, I'm still like heck. I'm almost still speechless that we beat the number seven team, and that doesn't even sound right. Number seven team in the country, and we beat them. But K State's got the OU's number. I mean, they can't beat us in football, and they can't beat us in Manhattan in basketball. So I mean, the story tale lined up. But we'll see how long we can keep the streak up. We're up to nine now, so hopefully we can carry that on for a few more years. You know what? It seems like K State owns. Oklahoma and everything. First it was we own Texas. Now it's we own OU. Is that a thing? I don't know. It might be. Um, but now, again, it is time for the one and only. Uh, I have it song, attention, everyone, that I want to sing oh. that I wrote especially for this Mr. Ryan Gilbert, yes, I don't sir. know. I don't know if anything you say is going to be able to follow up the intro, and maybe I'm just biased Man. because I made that. But <laughs> how is it going, my friend? Man, you know how to get me going. I'm feeling good now. I'm feeling great. Sandstorm now the boss. It can't you, doesn't you, you get doesn't get any me. better than oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, so good. this is what the scene was. If you guys sitting at home. Um, you're not probably not sitting by a fire because it's not super cold outside, but you're probably also not sitting outside because it's not as warm as it has been. So if you're sitting at home, maybe cooking dinner, maybe eating dinner, maybe watching some basketball on TV, there's a few good games going on tonight. If you can picture this, this was the scene on Tuesday night in Bramlage Coliseum. I was doing the color commentary along with our sports director, Paxton Gordon, and Ryan was in his normal spot about three or four chairs over from us Mm -hmm. covering the game for Go Power Cat. And I don't know about you, it was getting intense from our perspective. I mean, we were getting into it. It was a great game. Maybe you weren't showing as much emotion, but, I mean, how are you feeling after that game? Because it was just insane. Oh, yeah, that was crazy, man. I, I remember the, the third three-pointer that McGurl hit in a row. I, I remember Paxton yelling, heat check, right when that ball was <laughs> in the air and it went in. I was like, wow. And that's the thing. I miss being a fan because you can get up and you can go crazy when you're, you know, supposed to be a professional. You kind of just got to sit there and, and not cheer. But, yeah, heck of a game, man. I mean, you mentioned it, Ryan, just – Crazy, uh, crazy game. I mean, Oklahoma. I don't want to take anything away from what they've done this season, but that didn't that didn't look like a top ten team in my no. eyes. And I know they've been banged up, and, and COVID's kind of uh, taken a little bit of a toll on that team. But 
I mean, heck of a win. Couldn't be happier for Mike McGraw on, on quote-unquote senior night, even though they'll have another game next week. And then in all likelihood, he'll be back for, you know, yet another season. So, you know, couldn't be happier for that young team. And I don't know if you guys saw um, the video of, of the whole team kind of storming into the locker room and the water bath. I mean, they care. They care. They want to win. Good group of young guys. And I think that this might be Weber's most, what's the word I'm looking for, together locker room. Uh, maybe ever at K-State, certainly since Frank Martin's group that he took over. I think you could make an argument for Barry and Dean and Cam. But, I mean, just so happy for him. And, and obviously, Bruce, I don't think he was going anywhere, um, no matter what, even if they lost the rest of their games this season. But back-to-back wins, a top-10 win over a quality Oklahoma team. I mean, I'm, if you're a Bruce Weber hater, you, you've got to just learn to accept and support this team because whether you like it or not, he, he he's not going anywhere. The thing that I've found interesting about the whole dynamic of the game was the fact that there was three players that were out due to injury. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you were made aware of this that earlier, you know, before the game. I don't think it was widely known. K-State Basketball's Twitter account published the starting lineup and Anto- Antonio Gordon was in it. Mm-hmm. And he obviously didn't play. So they played that game with eight scholarship players and seven guys that rotated in. Surrey Lewis, not a rotational player, yeah. doesn't even get in the game. So you're dealing with Casey Eziegu and Luke Kazuki on the bench. And, and Luke Kazuki, who, credit to the kid, I mean, he has been battling all season long, coming back from it's the foot injury. Yeah. He, just, he just hasn't really produced, and I don't know if that's a result of him maybe not having the most talent in the world or if it's a result of him still trying to come back and learn a new system or if it's a combination of both. But nonetheless, he still hasn't really produced. He was thrown into the fire a little bit. But, you know, Casey Eziegu, another guy who has started at times in the year, so you know what you're going to get from him. It felt like, oh gosh, we only have seven guys. This is going to be rough. Nobody get in foul trouble. First half, nobody got in foul trouble. Second half, we start to see the Big 12 refs come along and <laughs> fouls oh are coming raining left and right. And so uh-huh. I felt like it was a gutsy performance. And yep. Ryan, Mr. Ryan Volk, you can tell me this. We're talking about past K-State teams. Does does that effort, I mean, does, does that remind you of any past K-State teams? Because honestly, teams that are this bad, or like have that have had losing records that have still been working as hard as they have been working. I can't think of any team. No, I really I don't know if I can think of any team in the past that could go out and win a game against a top ten team at the time um, with seven guys. Um, that that shocks me. I I just saw that honestly. I didn't even know that they had seven guys. I didn't realize they were handicapped like that. Um, but that I mean that takes a certain level of grit and determination to go out and win it when you're already shorthanded. Um, but you, you see it and. And guys like Davion Bradford, like you said, and you could see the young guys step up. Um, Nigel Pack had nine, a solid nine points, but no, this team. It, I don't. I don't see anything to to compare them behind them. But down the road, they're going to be a team to compare to. I hope. Yeah, I think that, and I tweeted this out late on Tuesday night because I was just so excited after the game. I mean, it's like I don't know if it's because I'm calling the game and you know you're into it more than if you're just sitting in the stands, but. I mean, that was just such a great game to be around and to experience because you see him grow in front of your eyes. You see the pick and roll with Nigel Pack popping it over the top to Davion Bradford for a layup and one. I remember saying on air, that is the future of K-State basketball. It just gets me excited. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember tweeting this out. I said, and, and Ryan Gilbert, I'm sure you can remember this, and I don't know if you've talked about this with Fitz or anybody, but I think this is something that needs to be brought up in – Barry and Cam, we'd like to compare this group. Let me back up. We'd like to compare this group to Barry Brown, Dean Wade, Kamau Stokes. Mm-hmm. Unfairly, I should. I I don't think it's fair to compare this group to them because we don't know how they're going to end up. Mm-hmm. 
But with that being said, that team went 5-13 and in conference play. If K-State wins out, they'll go 5-13, and which I don't think right now with how they're playing, it's a long, far stretch of any of the imagination that they can beat West Virginia mm-hmm. because they were playing with them when they were here, and we all know how K-State happens, you know, fouls and missed shots, whatever. They were playing with them, and they hung with them till the end. And then they come home and play Iowa State, as you mentioned. There is a very realistic chance that they can win five games. Now, even if they don't, there's an even more realistic chance that they'll get one of them. So they will already have had a better Big 12 record than they did last year. So going back to my original point, comparing this team to that team, that team beat number one, you guessed it, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and that was Dean Wade's coming out party. They said on the commentators, I watched the highlights, they said, we have never seen Dean Wade shoot like this. This is the first time he's shooting like this. Guess what we saw with Davion Bradford, Nigel Pack, Silton Miguel. They took a step up last night. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think about this. Is that team, that team's win over number one Oklahoma, is this team, is that their win against number seven Oklahoma? I I think that the... I wouldn't even call them wins. The games, K-State's had those games. I mean, Cole, we were on the call against Texas Tech. They were hanging around with the top 25 team. I mean, they lost by three to Texas a couple weeks back. I mean, heck, even the KU game, is as ugly as it was, if K-State hits a few shots, they're right there in that game. So I I think that this was the one where K-State got over the hump. I'm with you there. But they were so close. I mean, it was like, you know, reaching into the couch and looking for that change and you just couldn't get it. You're reaching as hard as you can. You can't get it. They finally got it. So, I mean, K-State wasn't that good when, what was that, 2016 when when they yes. were all freshmen. So that team was just young. Like the whole year, they didn't change much. I remember that season they, you know, had a, a big lead against North Carolina in the Sprint Center with a few, a few minutes ago and they blew it. You know, that was kind of a microcosm of the season. They just weren't that good. This team, it's a little different because of COVID. You know, they haven't had the practices. They've been banged up. So I think this is the past, let's say, month. I think this is the, the K-State team that we should have been seeing all season had there been a normal off season, had there been no COVID, no injuries. And maybe let's say that Cartier Jada sticks around or Levi Stockard, somebody sticks around and gives them some leadership because, you know, hats off to Mike. He's he's fighting his, you know, behind off, but there's only so much he can do um, as a leader. So I, I would say that's fair to compare it to, but – K-State has been playing well for about a month now. You mentioned Mike McGurl, and we'll hear from him momentarily. I thought Mike McGurl played outstanding, by the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, he played his heart out, and you cannot ask more from you know your lone senior. Everybody talks about your lone senior, and we'll get into Mike here in a second, but this is what he had to say after the game. I'm just I'm so happy. I'm so happy for me and my teammates, my coaches. Uh, it's, uh, it's a blessing to, to be able to have this uh, happen, but... Uh, you know, you wish it was the whole season, but man, this was special, and this was this was a, this was a great, great, great game. So, Ryan Volk, you've watched a lot of K State basketball, just like we all have. Everybody sitting around this table has watched endless amounts of K State sports. Probably too much, right? Let's be honest. Probably too much K State sports that we like to admit. Mike McGurl is like an odd player because he's good. Right, He's not going to go down as one of the best players in K-State history or anything like that. But he's an odd player because you look back at some of K-State's biggest moments on these teams that they've had over the last few years, and he's right in it. You think about that win when they beat Creighton in the NCAA tournament, and he hits a four-point play, and then he hits another deep three in the first half, and it's like, who is this kid? 
And then, you, you know, you go back and you think about West Virginia uh, the next year when they came back all the way down from 21 points in the second half. He's draining threes in the corner. And then now you're going to think of him hitting three straight threes on senior night to beat Oklahoma and potentially, you know, help leapfrog this group of kids to the next level. What What is he going to be remembered as? A stepping stone. Because, I mean, I mean, I, me personally, you might you might pick the wrong Ryan to ask this. I've never <laughs> been a fan of Mike McGurl. He's inconsistent is like the only way I can ever really describe him because like like you said, he showed out his freshman year when they beat Creighton in the tournament. He had a few. He hit a few good shots, and everybody came in thinking, "This his, for his sophomore year, he's going to be huge for this team." You know, with the with Barry Brown or with Dean Wade and Barry Brown, but he never really did. And he showed up for a couple more games, and every year, that's all. Like collectively, he's really ever done. I mean, don't get me wrong. Mike McGurl has had a heck of a career here. He's played for four years at a Division One program. That's more than I could ever say I played. <laughs> but uh, I think he could have done a lot more. I mean, I don't think he's definitely not going to sit amongst the ranks of the greats. Like you're not going to mention him in the same conversation as Barry Brown, Dean Wade, anybody like that. But Mike McGurl, I mean, he's he. You're gonna people are gonna remember him for a little while, but they're not gonna be somebody he you remember forever. Yeah. Um, I'll say this, that it's Coach Weber's fault that McGurl's in the position he's in. And I support Coach Weber. I'm a fan of him. But uh, you shouldn't be a senior, a lone senior, like you said, Cole, and have to do everything, right? I mean, he's not only trying to facilitate the floor. He's got to be the one to hit shots. He's got to manage his locker room. He's, he's, he's doing everything. He's the pilot. He's handing out the peanuts. He's working the baggage claim. You can't be doing all that stuff, right? You, you, I mean, that's on Weber for losing control of last year's team and essentially causing McGurl to be in this position. McGurl's a great role player. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. My Volk, he's not going to go out and get you 20 every night. And But that's not who he is. Absolutely. He could play, in my mind, he could play at any Big 12 school and be the fifth best player on the court. Provide some good defense, some solid, you know, maybe hit an open shot here or there. But here's a question I want to ask you guys. Next season, how many minutes should Mike McGurl play? If he's playing 30, 35 minutes, K-State's not going to make well, the he's going to. tournament. He's going but to. If that's, you, that, see, that's then, almost, then this freshman class isn't that good that, if they're not playing more than Mike, right? Now, this is getting a little off topic, but that almost goes in. Now, actually, I'm not even going to get into that because we're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go, go to a weird place if we do that. But I like what you talk about him being a role player. Like mm-hmm. He is one of, one of the better role players K-State's ever had. Like I mean, I guess if I'm thinking about it, I do think of, if I'm going to compare him because K-State fans love to compare, I'm going to think of a Will Spradling. Oh, yeah. A guy who's going to come in. And he's going to be known for something. Will Spradley came in and hit open shots. Mike McGurl, he can hit open shots at times. W- Mike McGurl can play a heck of a defense. And I think Will that's Spradling, a good comparison. I'd say Martavius Irving. Good defense, yeah, good energy. Okay. Feel that? Yeah, absolutely. Getting back to your original question of how many minutes should Mike McGurl play, Mike McGurl should play 25 to 30 minutes because he is one of the better players. This is, this is the argument that I was trying to make with somebody. Mike McGurl, he should be a redshirt junior right now. Mm-hmm. He was going to redshirt his freshman year until yeah. there was injuries and he had to come in. He should be a redshirt junior right now. We shouldn't even be having this conversation. But he's at his ceiling when all of these guys are still like scraping the bottom of the barrel. I don't know if Mike's barrel. at his ceiling. I really don't because I've seen improvement in Mike McGurl's game that I don't think he showed last year because he just simply wasn't given the opportunity. Mike McGurl is never going to be a guy who can go get you a bucket. But I don't think he'll be the best player on the floor next year because I think Nigel Pack... Mm-hmm. Well, if we'll surpass him if he hasn't already. I think Davion Bradford will surpass him if he hasn't already as far as pure talent-wise goes. So then he can kind of go back to his original form, and when he is in his original form as the third or fourth best player, well, then he's productive. So how many minutes should he play? 25 to 30. How many minutes will he play? Probably about 35. 
mm-hmm. which is a problem. I a very big I like problem. Mike, but if if this freshman class is as good as they're supposed to be, why is Mike playing thirty five minutes? How? He's the best when he played twenty minutes on that on that Big Twelve championship team, right? I mean, he's best when he's complimented by your Barry Dean, your your Barry Deans or Kane. So, so, so who is going to who is going to be though that that guy that who is going to be that third option then? Because well, what, you're not you're not going to figure out like uh, who he's going to comp or who he's going to compliment if he's still on the court. You have to get these guys that you want. You have to get your your Kazubki, your Nigel Pack, your Davion Bradford, all these big name young guys who are still have room to grow and who are going to blossom into hopefully great players like we all think. But you can't just throw in an ice pick like Mike McGurl in there and hopefully that they can grow together with Mike in between because. Mike's seen a lot of – he's met a lot of people through here. He's been here for a while, so he's he can help them mesh together, but th- the only way that they can get anywhere is if it's if it's them three. So, okay, then then this is this is the other issue that brings in. If we are looking at next year, who is going to be your third option? Is it going to be Mike? Because right now you can disagree with me or you can agree with me. I would say Mike McGraw is the number one option. I would say Nigel Pack is the number two option. I would say Davion Bradford is the number three right option. Now? Right now? Yeah, I'd agree. So then – You'd have to assume next year, if this team's going to be better, Nigel Pack is number one, Davion Bradford is number two, and in a perfect world, Selton Miguel is number three. Are we forgetting about Dejuan Gold? I was going to say Dejuan, like, where yeah. does he I, fall into this? I just, Not shooting the ball, but getting I mean, to the rim we're hoping, and scoring. We, we hope that he can finally like be the kid that we all thought he was going to be when he's coming out of high school mm-hmm. and be the and step up and be a, a make open shots, get to the rim, and really pull his game all together. I mean, so if he can keep growing, that's your third option. But that's 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 betting on on these guys progressing. Now, yeah, if these guys don't progress, obviously Mike's. I mean, they're all still gonna be in the same position. But I think your Davion Bradford's, your Nigel Packs, and your Dejuan Gordons, and and whoever else is in this freshman class, they're gonna progress a lot more than Mike is. Mike, I think Mike is on the downhill slide. So I don't I don't see why he should still be up in the top three. I just struggle to see where I I can see. I can see your argument, but I just don't know how Dejuan Gordon becomes better than what he is already. He's a great driver to the rim. He's a great defender. He is a great re- offensive and defensive rebounder, but he cannot shoot he the basketball. Shoot. And I, I don't think that that's something that can be fixed. Like I don't one dude when he was here, once he started realizing there was some money involved with his shot to go to the NBA, he fixed it. But I don't see Dejuan's shot ever getting better. So I, I'm with you, Cole. But he can drive to the basket. That can be fixed. He needs to figure out say how fixed, to do that it more. Be yeah, yeah. He needs to understand his role. Yeah, and that's, that's what I've been saying for a while. Yeah. So, anyways, I want to hear from Coach Weber. That's good. Good conversation there. I, I want to hear from Coach Weber. This was him today um, responding to a question from Karen Kornacki of uh, KMBC Nine. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt of that. I, I, I think you. Um, you know, you saw it even in the games where we didn't win. Um, I think we've had a, we've had a little bit of continuity, even though the other night we were still missing players. Um, you know, our our core group is there. I think they figured out some roles. Um, you know, and and you know what they can do and how they can help the team. And then now I think the big step is you know figuring out how to win. And you know both games very very similar. The last two that we've won, 29-29 at halftime, uh, five-point lead the opponent. Um, you know, we've been there a lot throughout the year, um, and and usually we go the wrong way. And, and this last two games, we've made the plays. We've had the, the you know, the tough stops at the end. 
So, yeah, that's Bruce. And you talked about, Ryan, knowing your role, and he's big into that. And I think they're starting to figure it out as far as who is going to be here for the long term, who is not. These last five minutes, again, I kind of, while we're talking about this until we move on to something else, as far as next year goes, I look at this roster and I say, there's no way everybody stays. No way. Because when you bring in this many players, there's going to be greater turnover. I mean, I like to compare it to this. For those of you who aren't familiar, but uh, I'll give you a nice example. NAIA football, okay? They recruit 50 kids, and they sign 50 kids. Well, guess what? 30 of them leave. And so when you have signed, and then when you have senior night, there's only 15 seniors that stayed all four years because they brought in a million. As opposed to a Division One school, when you sign 25 kids and when you have senior night, well, then now you got 20 seniors because only five of them left. It's kind of like that. I think there's going to be a roster attrition, and I think the guys that are going to feel the roster attrition the most right now is Rudy Williams, and I don't think maybe I would say Surrey Lewis, but I think he's going to stay. I think he really likes what's going on. You would have a better knowledge on that than me, but I just think uh, I was on the fence with Selton Miguel, but the more I watch him play, the more I see him play, the more he's involved with his team. I think the main one that sticks out to me, and also Montavious Murphy. I I'm, I believe Montavious will be gone right now. I don't know if he'll ever play basketball again. I don't know if transfer is even the right word to describe what's going on. With so, him. what are you? Are you guys on the same page as me, or who are we thinking? Uh, I'd say Carlton would might get my vote just because of. I don't know. He, he, he reminds me of James Love when he goes out there. He's just not confident. He doesn't look like he's in the right place. Um, as I know he's been injured, I totally get that. But Lingard comes to mind, like you said, Lewis. Lewis is tough. If Lewis understands his role and he understands he's going to have to be a role player because Pack and Bradford are the leaders of his class with Miguel, then he he might stay. But I don't know if his personality, you know, Lewis Lewis wants to be the man. I I, I fear that he might want to go to a, a mid major school and get thirty minutes instead of being a five minute, ten minute player at a D one school. I don't know. So Kazubki, it's hard to measure him. I don't think he'll leave, but he's been banged up. And, man, I don't want to be critical of him, but he just looks lost. He can't hit a three. His defense, Austin Reeves took him, you know, to school in the last that's couple of possessions. That's not his That's a good, you know, play by Kruger to, to get Kazubki on Reeves. But, yeah, those guys come to mind. I think I think Williams will actually stay. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that simply because he was playing Juco basketball. This is probably as good as it's going to get for him. You know what I mean? He's he's playing a decent amount. He's gonna back up Nigel Pack. He'll be his backup. So I think he'll stay. Ryan, we share a lot more than just the same name because you said like every Everything. single player that I was Good. thinking, and like for the exact same reason. It's like a discussion so, board, right? It, yeah, pretty you much. Agree with everything yeah. I said. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I think Kazuki was my like big key or not key, but question mark, I guess to say because I don't know the way he when you put it the way he put it. He looks lost. That's exactly. I think. I don't know if it's that's too big for him. I don't know what he's. A, he he can play. Maybe not here. Maybe he fits in somewhere else, and maybe he's gonna explore that. Kazuki and I. Sel, Selton Miguel is another one that I. I don't know. I think he. I think. I think he's kind of out the door. Just kind of like you said. He's. He's. A, he wants to be the guy. Mm-hmm. And. I don't. He's not going to be the guy here. I think we all kind of figure out Nigel Pack is going to be the guy. Yeah. So I think I can see him, like you said, leaving and, and going somewhere else. I, I will be curious to see how much roster attrition affects the future of Bruce Weber because if we have guys completely, you know, bail ship, which 
I am on the train that beating Oklahoma was huge because yeah. now they're seeing what can be in action. That's why I was on the fence until Stelton McGill absolutely locked down Austin Reese. Mm-hmm. I was on the fence. I wasn't sure. That's how I know he's bought in. I yeah. think Stelton yeah. McGill is going to stay. Nonetheless, though, it's just it's fun to be talking about the future in a positive manner. Yeah. Because it And we're not just making stuff up. No, I mean you can actually see it. Last week Mr. Ryan Volk sat on the airwaves and said it's time to pack it in. And I was with you. I was with you, but they didn't, and that's what matters. So uh, final thoughts on this guys, I don't know. I'm just so happy that they got that win. Yeah. What would you two and a half? I would set at two and a half players at transfer. Two and a half? Over under, yeah. All right. You guys I'd, think that's fair? I would yeah, take the I'd, under I'd, on that. Hmm. I, think, I, I mean, I'll play devil's advocate and take the over, I guess. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell I you who they're going to be, but it's, yeah, it's I don't inevitable, know. man. I can't put a name to a face, but I can see three walking. I can't guarantee that. Well, somebody that wants to walk as we transition here, maybe not walk, wants to be traded, I think is the best way of putting it, Russell Wilson. And listen, I don't know what's going on with Russ. I don't know I don't think what's going really on does. with Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. But when you are the top a uh, top five quarterback, I'm not going to put a number to him. When you are a top five quarterback and you play for an organization that's been to two Super Bowls, won one, and a quality organization from everything that you know I have heard in the Seattle Seahawks, why does he want to leave? Who was the dude that was flipping off Pete Carroll when he was carted off. Do you remember that he got injured? Um, Do you remember Jamal that? Paul Adams. No, no, no. Not Earl Thomas. That's who Earl it was. Thomas. Yeah. So he, I don't know. Maybe something's going on. That that was more of uh they wouldn't they wouldn't sign him and give him they franchise tagged him for his last year in Seattle and mm-hmm. then he ended up like okay. basically ruining his career on a franchise tag and not getting the money that he thought he'd earn and so he just really wasn't happy and he let okay. him know about it. <laughs> but, Obviously, um, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I don't think anyone knows what go, what's going on with Russell Wilson. I mean, I was caught off guard that's that's an understatement, honestly. I was caught off guard by the news that Russell Russell Wilson may be on his way out of Seattle. And I mean, I guess I guess I didn't really take it as he wants out. It's more of Seattle is looking at at open options, because um, the way I read it, it was, it was he's he's okay with a trade to certain teams as like the yeah. Bears, the Saints, and and a few others. But um, just it, that's a weird deal to even think of Russell Wilson not being in a Seahawks jersey. Um, Emmanuel Aucha, he is one of the um, hosts on the Midday Show for Fox Sports 1, had this to say about Russell Wilson. Times where the mutual breakup is not mutually beneficial. Great. And at this point in time with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, if they were to try to mutually break up, it would not be mutually beneficial. Great. Russ, there are only so many destinations you can go to where you have it better than how you have it here. And I agree with that sentiment because where is he going to go? I mean – he wants to go to the Raiders. The Sa- I, I saw the list. It was Raiders, Saints, Cowboys, and Bears were his four teams that he would go to. They, I mean, they those are teams that got good bones, but no, they, none of them have the caliber of the, of the Seattle Seahawks. No, and I don't understand, especially why would you want to leave that division because you have mm-hmm. question marks with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. They had a playoff spot, obviously didn't even get in. You have question marks in Arizona. You have question marks in San Francisco. You're going against Jimmy Garoppolo twice a year. I mean, let's be real here, guys. You're going to have the quarterback advantage there. You're going up against Matthew Stafford now in the Rams. You're going to be have just as good a chance to beat them as before. Oh, yeah. I mean, why on earth would you want to leave Seattle? Yeah, and quarterbacks go to Chicago to die. I feel like Jameis Winston's going to be the guy in New Orleans, right? And yeah. then 
Dak. I know Dak could get traded, but whatever. I mean, like, they got Derek Carr's on, like, the lifetime deal with the Raiders practically. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's like it's one of those players. I can't think of, like, an example. Like, Albert Pujols with the Cardinals. Like, yes. when he left and went to L.A., it didn't feel right, you know? Russell belongs in Seattle. It wouldn't feel right if he was anywhere else. You're 100% right. Seeing Russ in, in any kind of jersey besides the Seattle Seahawks jersey, is it would be like I'd be dumbfounded by it. But at the same time, I can I can see like Russell Wilson is not done. Like he is a lot. He still has a lot of talent in his career. Oh, yeah. I think. Oh yeah. And I still think he's a game changer anywhere he goes. So I mean, if he goes to some of the, like, I can see the Cowboys and I can see the the. Honestly, call me crazy, but I can see the Bears being really good if he goes to the Oh, Bears. no doubt about it. Because I think Matt Nagy does know offense a little bit, maybe not as I, much as I thought he would have like two years ago. But that that team has great bones, and I think that he could make a, a lot of people a lot of money if he goes to the Bears. But at the same time, it just still brings you back to the main question. Why does he want out? Well, that's just the thing of it. I mean, there's got to be something going on, right? I mean, that there's Russell Wilson is not the type to leave because – Something small, and mm-hmm. yeah. he there has to be something major that we just don't know about. Now there was a report that came out in the Athletic, kind of about kind of about how he was treated, and I'll be honest, I had not gone through and read that yet, but there were some pretty stingy allegations in there. And by all accounts, it's true of you know they just don't value his opinion. But if that's all that it is, you should be able to work things out. I don't understand why you would want to leave Seattle. I. I I don't know if it's, it's frustrating. I don't know if I think now that I think more into it. I mean, this dude is getting sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL, and Joe Burrow plays in the yeah, NFL. Yeah. So he he's out there. Yeah, you're throwing to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Go go cats and everything. But you got grocery baggers up front. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. If you got if you want to have a a franchise quarterback, and yes, Russell Wilson is 32, and I said he had a lot of talent left. He does but, have a lot of talent left. But mm-hmm. I. At the same time, his years are still numbered, and you got to keep him safe. You got to that has to be your number one concern when you have a quarterback who, yes, is aging, but is also very talented. If you can keep him safe, that's your that's your golden ticket. You're going to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Um, <laughs> loyalty. Here, let me, let me back up. Quote: Loyalty is everything. Don't you ever forget it. End quote. Coming from the Twitter account of at Deshaun. Watson. Hey. What do we think? Is Deshaun Watson going He's anywhere? Out. Yes. Yes. I don't know where, but yes. I'm, I do. Speaking it into existence right now, Deshaun to Denver is a huge train. It's going to happen. It's bigger than Manning. No, I'm just kidding. It's really not. But That would be bigger than Peyton Manning. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? Yes. Well, no, 1,000%. I am dead serious. There's no way Deshaun Watson is bigger than Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had a Super Bowl, had already had a Hall of Fame career in Indianapolis for 14 years. Uh, he was abo- he was among the the greats. He came to Denver and cemented himself. Deshaun Watson, what has he done? Like, yeah, he he's a really good quarterback. We all know that. He had a he's big lead really against talented. Kansas City in a playoff. He game did. And then he, lost. he he got up really big against Kansas City. But <laughs> as as I've heard a lot of people said, they weren't worried about what them Texans were doing, and them Texans didn't do anything. But Deshaun Watson, yes, he brings a heck of a lot of talent. But don't ever compare him to Peyton Manning. I'm sorry. Side that was a side note. 100% though. Per Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, the Texans are still not discussing the Deshaun Watson trade, but some teams are leaving voicemails with their offers. I'm t- 
Voice Could you imagine just calling up there? Hey, hey coach, uh, love hey, to give you a first a fifth. local time. Our starting quarterback, <laughs> and we'll even send you some like a copying machine, maybe fifty million. I heard that can get some really good stars um, if you throw that in there. Deshaun Watson met with New Texans head coach David Culley last Friday and reiterated that he wants to be traded and has no intentions of playing in Houston ever again. All I'm <laughs> saying is, after hearing what you just said right there, Deshaun Watson already has James Harden on the phone, and his fat suit is being shipped from. Brooklyn back to Houston. I'm telling you, man. They want a training camp. Deshaun Watson is going to look like he spent a little too much time in Popeyes or something. It is a rough time to be a Houston sports fan. I cannot I cannot imagine James Harden, the face of the Houston Rockets, gone. Deshaun Watson, yeah, yeah. about to be gone. J.J. Watt, gone. Mm-hmm. And then you even look at baseball. George yeah, Springer, baseball. gone. I mean, these Trash guys cans. have been Houston staples. Houston, we have a problem. You have a major problem because Deshaun Watson is not going to be your quarterback. So, are the same teams that are trying to get Russ the same teams that are trying to get Deshaun? I mean, the Broncos ain't really going after us, but like that we know of. Okay. I mean, I'd say they're pretty similar I, quarterbacks. If like, you, it'd have to be similar. I mean, if they're looking, if you're looking for quarterbacks, you're gonna want to go after the best quarterbacks available, and that's the two best quarterbacks in the league right now. So, so of the so, where is your prediction where Deshaun lands? Because oh, Denver. goodness, I. You think he? You I, I, think I am. I'm not even fanboying. I 100 percent think Denver is like a possible landing spot. Indy doesn't have a quarterback yet, do they? No, Carson, they do. Carson Wentz. They got. Well, we're going to talk about that halfway. Okay. They okay. got a half a quarterback. Dude, I, this has been a while since I talked about NFL. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to say Denver just because. I think he ends up in New York. I think he ends up as the Jets' quarterback. Hmm. Because I think that they trade the number two overall I pick. Pers- Sorry, I don't mean like. No, go ahead. <laughs> I don't think it's time to sail the ship on Sam Darnold. I think I still think Sam Darnold has got a lot of tread left on his tires, and I think he's a, a talented quarterback. I like your analogies a lot. I would just like to say that. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Somebody at least appreciates it. But Sam Darnold, I think I think Adam Gase ruined him. Adam Gase showed up in Denver when Peyton Manning and rode Peyton Manning's coattail to whatever he got, and he got him a head coaching job in Miami. Ryan Tannehill looked really bad under Adam Gase. Really bad. Like, almost yeah. lost his career. And now he is making a crap ton of money at Tennessee. So the fact that he could go to one, he could go from one, and Sam Darnold looked really good. His he showed he's shown a lot of flashes, but Adam Gase has been his head coach the entire time he's been in the NFL. So you you give me at least one year to see what Sam Darnold has outside of Adam Gase, and then I'm selling the ships on him. But I don't I don't think it's time yet. That's understandable. I'll take that. If you want to join in on this conversation. The phone lines are open. Um, we're going to be talking everything NFL for the next 10 minutes or so. 785-532-0919. Once again, 785-532-0919. On the night shift on Wildcat 91.9, new music now. So we talked about Deshaun Watson, and we talked about Russell Wilson, and we briefly mentioned Carson Wentz, and that's where I want to go next. Carson Wentz is officially the new quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Ryan Volk. Will that work? First of all, I think uh, that I think that's more of a quarterback. Con- I think he's coming into another quarterback controversy because I think Jacob Eason is a guy who's behind him, and I don't know. I for some re- weird reason, I'm weirdly confident in Jacob Eason, and I don't know why because I have not watched anything on Jacoby Brissett. Hey, you can go there too. I think it's a three-headed monster. I wouldn't call it a monster. I guess that's kind of like calling the Broncos quarterback race when it was like Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch a monster. <laughs> hey, we had Mark Sanchez Kyle too. Kyle Orton. But, <laughs> there you go. But I I kind of forgot what the question was. I'm not even going to lie. Chris Kleiman 
There's a there's a K State connection. I was about to say here. I was gonna say Chris Kleiman. Please don't be listening right now. Is Carson Wentz the answer? I I I to me I'm gonna answer my own question. I think he's gonna be good. I actually do. I don't know if he's gonna be as good as he was in the past. He just looked like he was scared in Philadelphia. He, you talk about running for your life. That's what he did. Hmm. I think if you get him in a new surrounding, we've seen the talent. He's led them to multiple wins. He's led them to the playoffs. His team won a Super Bowl. He, his team, not him. He though. was he was. He was an MVP candidate for he was. And in, for 15 games, and then he tore his ACL. I mean, so if he can, if he can still be that, I mean, if he can bring back that talent that we saw the year that they went to the Super Bowl, the Indianapolis Colts are going to be just fine. But as we saw last year with another MVP trying out it with a new team and Cam Newton, it didn't fare well for him. So mm-hmm. we hope he does better than that. I guess. Ryan G. Cam Newton. Uh can play high school football though, right? No, he he can he can talk the talk <laughs> to some high school football uh, players. No, yeah, I mean, I I I don't know. I'm not a big fan of of Carson Wentz. I'm just not, and I don't have any reason. I can't put my finger on why, but he doesn't deserve much credit for that Super Bowl win. I'm sorry, he doesn't. He got him there. He got him to the playoffs, but Nick Foles deserved that, right? Uh, yeah, so, he definitely does. I mean, I I think that Philly, or pardon me, not Philly. I think Indy will be a good fit because Indy's got a good defense. Uh, he has great bones on that team. A little bit more vanilla than what Rivers was, with, yeah. so he can do some more things with the offense. So I think Taylor's a good running back, and I'm I'm okay with it. I just am not a huge fan. So my, my question before you get in, Cole, because I want to talk about this real quick. He, uh, Micah Pittman has one career touchdown, and he told Carson Wentz, you're not getting number 11. So what is Carson Wentz going to wear in, in Indianapolis? I just want to know. What, what's your guess? What number is Carson Wentz switching to? Did he wear 11 in college? Yes. I'm going to say 13. Yeah. Oh, lucky number thirteen! All right, he's gonna right. thirteen. Kinda what do you? What are the? What's numbers. the range for quarterbacks again? You can go from anywhere from eighteen to or one to eighteen. Oh, okay. So yeah. like, yeah. I mean, I think personally, I think he's gonna go down into the single digits. I think we're gonna see him in some single digits. Number seven. Buddy. I I think that's already taken by a man you mentioned at, uh, before, but uh, who knows? Maybe. Okay, so the next quarterback that is not going anywhere to the. Delight of the rest of the NFL. It was announced yesterday, and it is of Mr. Ryan Gilbert's favorite NFL franchise, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben oh, Roethlisberger. I really, I really thought we were going to have to talk about Patrick Mahomes again. Thank <laughs> God. The Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger yep. will be still together, as he will be the quarterback next year. And, Ryan, before you go, I just want to say, as a Chiefs fan, I'm so happy. And as a fan of... I feel bad for you, Any honestly. other team in the NFL that they should be happy to because the Steelers are not going to be any good. Why <laughs> on earth is Ben Roethlisberger still going to be the quarterback? First things first, shout out to Mike Tomlin, who who is battling COVID, and he's doing healthy. I, I wish him well. Um, I agree that this is not the best move. You're not going to win another Super Bowl with Big Ben. I get that. At the same time, though, Mason Rudolph's not going to win you a Super Bowl as that backup quarterback. And if you're Mike Tomlin, you're, you're analyzing, you're playing chess out here, do you see a quarterback in this draft class that can go out and win you a Super Bowl? If not, you bring back Big Ben, you go 9-7 and seven or 10-6, and six, whatever it may be, and you're competitive, you keep the spirit alive in the Steel City, and you wait for next year's draft class. I don't think that's, that's what how, I think. I don't think that's how you win. That's not how you win in the NFL. I mean, well, that's not how you, win, you're right. for that's the not future, how you win right now, but it's not like – not not everybody like drafts the greatest quarterback of all time, dude. All right, so some people <laughs> have got to build. All right, we're building. The Steelers are building now. 
you you keep Ben Roethlisberger. They've got good wideouts, man. They do give a good quarterback. Dude, that Juju kid can make one heck of a TikTok. I'll give him that. (laughs) But uh, no, keeping Ben (laughs) Roethlisberger around is not going to get you anywhere. That's not. You're right. I mean, he's. I think he's washed. But I I looked at it as before this. I looked at it as like he's just washed and like they're going to be screwed. But you made a good point with like playing for the future. Mason Rudolph is Ben Roethlisberger puts you in a better situation than Mason Rudolph does. Yeah, a hundred percent. So you keep him around for one year and you go ten and six, like you said. Go get a, then you can get a guy next year maybe that can come out and win you games. Well, well the problem is when you go ten and six next year. So no you, one's saying they won't tank though. I'm not. Well, they're gonna go thirteen and zero, th- and then they'll tank. Yeah, I'm getting that. Where I'm going in with this is, if you go ten and six, you're gonna be in the same draft position you are now. Mm-hmm. So the quarterback, unless you are, have identified your guy for next year's draft, you are not gonna get an elite level, top of the first round mm-hmm. talent level quarterback. So what are you doing here? You're so just what, spinning your tires. What? Yeah. F- where do they go in the draft this year then? What do you think? Where do you like who do they who do they take? I no, in the first round, I'm not asking for a whole draft. I'm I would asking. assume that they would either go offensive line, yeah, or defense, m- maybe running back. I don't I would say offensive line, their defense is pretty good. Fitzpatrick's good at safety and you've got the the weapon, the firepower at running back quarterback, I guess not quarterback, but running back and and wide out, right? So mm. I'd go probably O-line. Yeah, I would think that they're going to go offensive line as well. See, I I didn't know if like cuz I mean, if you're, it, you know what kind of quarterback situation you are in now that maybe this year is the year you take a quarterback and you kind of play it like a, a Tua type situation. You let him sit for as long as he needs, and and then, and that's not even saying like a first round quarterback. Go take a quarterback in the third round, and maybe you wind up with a gem in your lap, and boom, there's your next quarterback of the future. But I think you address quarterback this year, and and you get it working, so you are playing for the future. And I you think have a they're going to do that. I so really that, do. So that he can learn because. Let's face it, Ben Roethlisberger did win, what, two, three Super Bowls? He, he's he been there. I mean, he can teach somebody a thing or two. Mm-hmm. We've all mm-hmm. seen the video of him in practice messing around, but I feel like he's he's a pretty serious guy at some time. Yeah. No, I think that's what – there's a good chance they do that. But, again, we've seen that work, and we've also seen it absolutely implode. It worked for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers got that fire lit under him, and he's played, he played like he never has ever played in years. Mm-hmm. So we've seen that work, and we've also seen it not work to where – you know what? If you're Tyrod Taylor and you're supposed to be the starting quarterback of the Chargers, you get one game and then mm-hmm. the doctor unintentionally breaks your rib. <laughs> I mean, Are they still a needle in, in it? Or it was what a puncture. Do? It wasn't a break. Okay. Relax. Yeah, I, don't know. Come I, I on guess now. the the whole the whole point is how would Ben react if a quarterback was taken? Because that would be the ultimate. Ben is, would is, embrace it. Is, is Ben like 100%. blind? I mean, he knows he's getting old. He knows yeah. he can't. His game is not where it was at one point. Yeah. I've watched Ben Roethlisberger's career highlights as many times as the next guy, mm-hmm. but he's not. He's not Big Ben anymore. He's big, but he's not yeah. Big Ben anymore. He can do the Dinkin and Duncan, and that was yeah. honestly a, a good offense this season. But that's not. That's Alex Smith. That's going to mm-hmm. get you to the playoffs. It's not going to win you the Super Bowl. You mentioned Alex Smith, and that's where I want to end with this. Did you guys see the comments that Alex Smith made? Alex Smith said, Washington never wanted him there. I'll pull up the exact quotations. Whoa. Yeah, Washington, like, sold the ships on him before the season. Like, what? For, I mean, how cool is it that Alex Smith was actually able to come back? I mean, wasn't that just awesome? Yeah. How did he even play football? No, that's it's, it's crazy. That's a big, big shocker. But going into this year now, I saw on, on ESPN they were talking about it. it. Is Taylor Heineke any kind of – is there, like, a quarterback controversy there? That like is there is there a small battle brewing in, in within the Washington football team that we don't know about? Well, I would tell you that Alex Smith is a free agent, and he talked to GQ magazine, and he said, "When I decided to come back, I definitely threw a wrench in the team's plan. Mm. They didn't see it. It 
They didn't want me there. They didn't want me to be a part of it. Didn't want me on the team. The roster didn't want me to give me a chance. Mind you, it was a whole new regime. They came in, and I'm like the leftovers, and I'm hurt, and I'm this liability. Heck no, they didn't want me there. Sheesh. So Is he, like, crap-talking, or is he just kind of... I, I think, I think he, I so. Mean, That's what it sounds like. Wow. I mean, your guess I, is I as good as mine. I don't but, know wow. if he's really huh. crap-talking. I mean, is he just kind I, of I mean I, unless, unless that, like... I don't take him as a liar. I think if he if he's telling the truth, I mean he's more just speaking facts than mm-hmm. talking yeah, a, yeah. talking crap. But and that's something that if you're Washington, that looks really bad on you because yeah. after all, I I don't I I want to know what made him come out and say that. I guess because like that is kind of shocking after like yeah, I guess they didn't want you back. But I don't know. It <laughs> he's a free really, agent. It does. It doesn't. It, it's true. He is a free agent. He's not really bound to him. I mean, wow, that is that is shocking that. Alex Smith to back up Patrick Mahomes next year? I mean, Question mark? go ahead, Question waste mark? your money, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. But I think I'd, that'd be pretty cool. I'd, I that'd guess. Be, he's I, a good quarterback. He, I think he can still play in the NFL. Yeah, so you're going to go pay him $2 million to sit no, on your bench I wouldn't, when, I'm just, when like, you can pay Chad Henney five hundred grand to sit out there? I mean, come on now. Yeah, I think It's a financial I think world, Alex buddy. Smith could, if they did, the Broncos don't get Deshaun, I think you could see Alex Smith in Denver. That's He just screams Denver Broncos quarterback. No. Alex Smith, that is like we might as well go sign Big Ben at that point. Like <laughs> he's gonna get a chance somewhere. <laughs> he's gonna get a chance he's somewhere. Not, That's not, all I'm saying. Not in Denver. Who was the dude, the wide that. receiver that had played quarterback this season? Kendall, Kendall Hinton or something. Bring like, him in, Hilton or something <laughs> like that. I don't remember. He played his at name, like Clemson, right? Quarterback Wake Forest. Forest. or Wake Forest. Yeah, Wake Forest. He was didn't complete a pass in the first half. But hey, <laughs> I guess when you're not a quarterback. It is time for everybody's favorite segment, America's favorite segment. That is Who let the, dogs out? the Dog of the Week. Who let the dogs out? Special guest Ryan Gilbert, you go first. Who's your Dog of the Week? Dog of the Week, man. It's going to have to be Mike McGurl. You know, 19 points, 16 of which came in the second half. Just a heck of a performance for the senior on senior night. No doubt about that, man. Ryan? I'm gonna have to. I'm not gonna talk about this K State KU game for this part of this one, but I'm gonna go with Vlad Jr. I'm, ex- I'm I've been the biggest Vlad fan ever since he came out, just because Gil Vlad and stuff. But uh, lost 50 pounds. Or I saw that. 40 or 50 pounds. I don't know the exact number. 40 pounds. I saw. But that. as a big guy, I know you are gonna be doing a lot of more things that you couldn't have done 40 pounds ago. You know. So Vlad Jr. Dog of the week. Vladdy. Shout out to Vladdy. Um, my dog of the week, unfortunately, Mr. Ryan Gilbert stole my thunder. I said Mike McGurl. But you know what? Maybe I'll just say K-State fans in general, you guys are dogs of the week because you're sticking with this team and you get, saw them get a W. But um, Mike McGurl, you are the dog of the week from two of the people on this show, so congratulations to that one. Moving on to the biggest winner. Ryan Gilbert, who is your biggest winner? <laughs> my biggest winner? Is Tiger Woods because he is alive and healthy? And he's alive and well. He's 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 doing okay. Prayers after his car accident. Shout out to Tiger. Yeah. Prayers up to Prayers Tiger. Up. Man, that's some he's scary stuff for staying alive, battling through. Yeah. Now you you hope Tiger comes out on top. He's gonna be the Tiger King if he does that. <laughs> there we go. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, my do- uh, <laughs> biggest winner is Bruce Weber because we talked about it for thirty minutes on this show earlier tonight. Mike McGurl saved his job. If there was any question that Bruce was going to be gone, yep. he's not going to be gone now. So Bruce Weber went home. I, he probably smiled from ear to ear. Um, Bruce Weber, congratulations. You're my biggest winner. 
I'm going to say his name one more time. Mike McGurl is my winner just because he's about the only person that had a really good offensive showing on uh, on Tuesday. But, you know, above all that, he was a lone senior, and it was good to see him finally get out with a win, and especially against a top-ten team. That's huge. So Mike McGurl is definitely going to be the winner this week. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, listen, we've talked enough about how amazing Mike McGurl has been, but one thing we haven't talked about is how – Awesome! Those uniforms were on Thursday, on no, Tuesday we, night. We haven't talked about those. Barstool we? Big Cat loved them, didn't oh he? Oh my I gosh! Think we need to though. Are you sure? Those two tones that? are classics, man. I I'm sorry. I I love them. I yeah, love you. Them love so the much. big game grays too. So we've I already do. got it figured out. Your uniform opinion isn't quite there, but hey, it's cool, man. I I myself like the whole all baby purple, but that's just me. Um, but the two tones, I guess, they got a special place in somebody's heart. The two heart. tones are the fa- are the best uniforms that the cats can wear. I'm, I will die on that hill. I don't I, know about you, Ryan G, but that's just. My I opinion. I don't really care about uniforms, man. We talked about this all the time. Like, just I don't I don't care unless it's like ugly as you know what, like Oregon or something like that. It's whatever. Drip um, is eternal. Biggest loser. <laughs> Ryan Gilbert taking L's like Meek. Uh, biggest loser. Kansas on the road at Texas had a good chance to win that game and a lot of chances to win that game, uh, to say the least. So, uh, obviously, it was a what was that Tuesday night, right? Mm-hmm. K State. It was a beautiful day on Tuesday. K State was winning. You know, beautiful day in the in, in the Little Apple, and KU got an L. They're the biggest loser of the week. Now I got on this one. As a wise man once said, I got a couple of options. Like I'm Lamar. So my first loser of the week <laughs> is Lon Kruger because man can't win in Manhattan. And my second loser of the week. Is the little kid, whoever whoever he was, that Cam Newton roasted on yeah. the, over the weekend or whatever. <laughs> if you didn't watch it, some kid just started calling out Cam Newton. Oh yeah, that's what we're talking about, about being a free agent, being broke because he's not in the NFL anymore. One, I respected it. Go ahead if you got an opinion about him, talk your talk. But when he comes back at you, be ready to to walk the walk. And I he he issued an apology. I kind of thought it was soft to issue an apology. Like if you're gonna say that, like own it. Yeah. And, I yeah. mean, I've talked my I've talked crap on a lot of people. I probably shouldn't have. And at the end of the day, if they come back at me, I own it. Like yeah, yeah. I did that. But somebody like a JUCO that you might have been heckling yeah, at yeah, when they used yeah, to play. Yeah, something like that. Um, but and you know if they they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong. You just gotta own it. But that that's my loser of the week. My biggest loser is <laughs> Brady Manic. I'm sorry, but I oh. laugh. Every time I look at Brady Manic, I laugh. <laughs> I don't know why. Brady Manic is a very good basketball player. He's done a lot of good things for Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but every time he steps foot in Bramlage Coliseum, nothing goes right for him. Is this dude a senior yet? He is a senior. Oh, man. That is confirmed. It seems like he's been there for forever. This dude was Perry Ellis part two. Oh, my you know? goodness. That seemed like just yesterday he was getting dunked on by Dean Wade and crying when he came uh-huh. off of the court. Uh-huh. Uh, and Davion, that was a sophomore season. Yeah, and Davion Bradford took him to school last night. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this, Mr. Gilbert, but it felt like every single time Davion got the ball on the block, he was going to score. Yeah, and I was saying that, man. Give Davion or Easy Egg with the ball. It was That was K-State's best plan. That's been their best plan for the past couple of games. That was working at TCU as well. Bradford stays out of foul trouble. This is kind of random. K-State's a way better team, way better. And it's because Brady Manick sucks. So that's Brady Manick, you are <laughs> my biggest. You said he was a good player. <laughs> well, against yeah. K State in Bramlage. Okay, random I stats. This is uh, Mr. Ryan Volk's uh, baby, so you can go first. I mean, you caught me off guard here, but I'm already ready. In 2010, Brandon Lloyd, wide receiver for the Broncos at the time, led the league in receiving. You guys, you guys know who his quarterbacks were? 2010. All right, I'm going to guess. Wait, who? Who? Brandon Lloyd. 
All right, Jay Cutler. Nope. That was that was he was he was before this. It was Kyle Orton and Tim Tebow. Oh. Brandon Lloyd led. The, he went for fourteen hundred yards in two thousand ten from okay. Tim Tebow and Kyle Orton, mm-hmm. and was traded the year later. Oh man. Yeah. Brandon story, Lloyd. Story of my life. You know where he's from? No. Blue oh yeah, Blue Springs, Missouri. I did. I saw that when I was looking this up. I, I don't know why I know that. I don't. I, I had completely I know why forgotten you know that, but. who Brandon Lloyd was. But you know what? There it is. Uh, Ryan, you're up. This is really boring, but did you guys know that last night the Hawks hit 23 three-pointers, the most in a game in franchise history, in their 127-112 win over the Celtics? 23 three-pointers. On, this, on today's lot. edition of something I didn't need to know. but <laughs> <laughs> My <Yeah>. crazy sports <laughs> stat. Keeping it K-State basketball themed here. You mentioned Long Kruger can't win in Bramlage. That is actually incorrect. He has one win in his entire career. Was it what was it when he was coaching here? Or when it he was, was playing here? It I was mean? no no. He was he was he was head coach and it was against Frank this Martin. One, yeah, and yeah, it yeah. was his last year here. Bruce and that Weber was a barely, barely Bruce won that game. Weber is undefeated. Undefeated against Long Kruger at home in Bramlage Coliseum. Can you guys believe that? Nope. I mean uh, or Elko. I mean, especially football. the Buddy Hill that. team that came in here. That is true. If you think about the past players that they have had in the past yeah. teams that this te- Oklahoma team has had, it is shocking that they have in nine t- nine tries they haven't won. But I mean, Trey Young, Buddy Healed, all these people, and they never win. No, never, never. win. Never. So, um, never. never. Picks. Okay. Saturday, K State at West Virginia. Ryan Volk, give me a score. A score? Yes. Well, 65-60, K-State's on top. Heard it here first. I'm going to have to go. This is a very low-scoring game. Press Virginia comes back 55-49. to Mountaineers squeak one away. I always say you got to score 60 to win a game. If you don't score 60, you're not going to win. I don't think K-State wins on Saturday, but I do think it's a close game. Give me West Virginia 63, K-State 58. I would assume that would cover the spread. Am I right? Sorry, I, I don't know who I'm, I'm asking. Not, I'm, I'm just, not gonna lie; I don't really know. I, we never really looked at that one, but yay, we're gonna find that out and we're gonna figure out if they cover the spread. We'll they, we'll let you know. I sp- promise. Special thanks to Ryan Gilbert for coming on tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the Night Shift on Wildcat 91.9 New Music Now. Take care, everybody. Have a safe night. Don't forget, you can still celebrate that K State won a basketball game. It's okay. The streak will continue, maybe according to somebody here. If not. We'll be here to co- we'll be here to talk about it next week. Thanks so much for tuning in and stay safe.